0: Cleaning industry expert, Melissa Maker, shares with us her best time-saving and time-management techniques. Melissa successfully runs three businesses and does not work 24-7. Find out how she does it. In this podcast, you will learn Melissa's number one time-management technique that can make or break a successful entrepreneur, how to never make another to-do list again, what you need to look for when hiring your team, hint, it's not experience, why you need to create a business in a box. And the number one thing that you can do to grow your maid service that most cleaning business owners are not doing.
1: Hi, I'm really grateful to be here and to be invited to speak at this year's Maid Summit. For those of you who know me, hello. For those of you who don't, my name is Melissa Maker and I have a website, a YouTube channel and a cleaning business all by the name of Clean My Space. The way that I got started in the cleaning business is kind of crazy and perhaps unlike most of you, but it's still a great story. I'm going to tell it to you very quickly and then I'm going to get into today's topic, which is all about being really efficient with your time and some of my very best time saving and time management techniques to get a lot done in a little bit of time so that you can actually go out and do the things that you love aside from just working. So when I was 24 years old, I was working in commercial banking. I was very unhappy in that job. It was boring, and I had always wanted to be an entrepreneur. So I quit my job a year to the day I started, and I went back to waiting tables, which is how I paid my way through school. While I was doing that, I decided just to keep my eyes and ears open for different potential business opportunities. And what kept coming up was this need for professional cleaning service. And I thought, that sounds great, but I hate cleaning. I mean, I hate cleaning. I hate the thought of it. I hate the act of it. I hate having to spend my time doing it. I just couldn't stand it. But I couldn't say no to this really good business opportunity because I knew how many other people hated cleaning as well? So let that be a compliment to all of you. This is a great business to be in. Everyone needs cleaning. So I put a business plan together and I spoke to my uncle who is my business mentor. And he said to me, your business plan looks great. Who's going to do the work? And I said, well, I will hire people who are experienced in cleaning. And he said to me, no, no, no. If, if you're going to start a cleaning business, you have to be the one to do the cleaning yourself. You have to know every job in your business from the ground up. And it was at that point where I realized either I was going to roll up my sleeves and clean or I had to come up with a plan B. So I did the former, I learned how to clean. And to this day, we still have our boutique cleaning service running in Toronto, which is my hometown. It's called Clean My Space. We've been around for over 13 years. I'm very proud of that business. In 2011, after Clean My Space Services had been up and running for about five years at that point, or five or six years, yeah, it was six years at that point, my husband said to me, hey, why don't we start making YouTube videos as a way to promote our cleaning service? Now, remember, 2011, YouTube was a totally different platform than it is now. It was really new. People didn't know about YouTube as much. So we said, okay, we'll put these videos together and we'll see what happens. And they were terrible. You can still see them. They're up on our channel, but they started to take off. They got traction. People really enjoyed them. So we just put out more and more content. And now we have, I think close to 1.2 million subscribers, over 170 million video views. Our YouTube channel does really well. I was just speaking at their headquarters in San Francisco. So our YouTube channel is doing great. We had a book come out in 2017, also called Clean My Space. And then I wanna say it was 2015 or 2016. I'm always getting the years mixed up because I have a lot to keep track of. We started our line of premium microfiber cleaning cloths because people on our YouTube channel kept asking, hey, where can I get these great cloths that you keep talking about? which all of you know about, because being cleaning professionals, you know that you can get great microfiber cloths at a janitorial supply company, but consumers just can't get their hands on that product. So we launched a consumer line of microfiber cloths. That's done very well as well. So I have these three businesses, these things that I'm juggling. You know, I I make my YouTube videos, I do spokesperson work, I've come up with an e-course, so I'm very busy and focused on that. I have my service business, which I'm running day to day, uh, although I have stepped back from that quite a bit. And then of course, I have the microfiber cloths business. So what I'd like to do today is show you how I manage all of that stuff with some really good time management techniques. You'll have to just excuse me as I switch screens because I have some notes here on my computer. Okay, so the first thing Is what I call time blocking. And if you're not familiar with the concept of time blocking, I want you to know it. I want you to love it because this is what can make or break a successful entrepreneur. If you remember the old concept of a to do list, to do lists are great, but they can keep getting added to. And if you've ever written a to do list in your life, you know that you put 20 things down, maybe you cross three off, and there's like probably eight at the bottom that you just keep moving over to tomorrow's to-do list because you never want to get it done. Time blocking is essentially kissing the frog or doing the worst thing. It's basically the concept where you schedule into your calendar directly a time slot for doing what you need to do. So at the beginning of the week, if you have a to-do list, if you have projects coming up, if you have deadlines, things that you're calling the bank, picking up postage, whatever the little things are that you have to do. You take your massive to-do list and then you take that a step further by blocking it into your calendar and making time for it. Now this could be something as small as making a phone call to handling some online banking, to writing a blog post, to creating new hiring policies, to switching over to new software, whatever it is, however big or small, the task should be blocked sorry if my voice cracks the task should be blocked into your calendar so that you know to get it done this practice when i before i started time blocking i was just these perpetu- i i was one of these people who had the perpetual to do list that never got done and i would have things on that list for weeks or months because i never actually scheduled them in but i'm sure you've heard the saying before what gets scheduled gets done, and that is what time blocking is all about. So if it's not something that you're used to, take your to-do list today, this is your action step, take your to-do list today, and schedule every item on your to-do list into your calendar. Now, if you have to move something around because a a last-minute appointment came through or whatever, that's fine. As long as you take that appointment and you block it in somewhere else on your calendar, you're doing okay. And the best thing is, instead of crossing something off the list, once something is blocked in, your schedule just moves right along. You never have to worry about, did I do it? Did I not? Should I cross it off? Should I not? You'll know if it was done, and then you don't have to worry about it anymore.
0: This podcast is brought to you by Zenmade. Now if you need help with your automation or if you're frustrated with the amount of time that scheduling is taking you currently, you need to visit zenmade.com. We started over six years ago building simple software for cleaning businesses just like yours. If you take a look at the site, you can see all of the things that we're working on, all of the feedback that we get from our audience, from this podcast, from the Facebook group, from all the other places. So if you're interested again zenmade.com and take a look at what we've been working on
1: the next point that i have is uh, excuse me is hiring well now i run three businesses i have the service i have the digital aspect and then i have the microfiber cloths business i am one person i cannot do all of that alone under me i have about 40 people that includes my husband my husband's best friend An assistant, and um, she does so much more. But her title, the title, is just assistant. But she basically handles everything from customer service on our microfiber cloth business to scheduling meetings, to keeping me on track with things and my time blocking, um, and just about everything in between. Now, those four people—myself, my husband, his best friend, and our assistant—we manage two of those businesses. Uh, the digital business and the microfiber cloth business. When we hire people, not only do we put a job description together, but we take it a step further. We, Of course, we do reference checks, we do interviews, we do a team interview so that we make sure that whomever we're bringing on really jives with the rest of the team. But that person has to be responsible, capable, mindful. They have to enjoy the work that they do. They have to buy into the vision. It is so much more important to hire for attitude than it is to hire for skill. My assistant was the most recent hire. We had another assistant, she went on maternity leave, so we had to replace her. And she had no experience not doing what we do. So rather than worrying about, well, she's never done production, she doesn't understand manufacturing, None of that stuff mattered to us. What mattered to us was her attitude. Her previous work experience showed us that she was able to hop in and out of other jobs and take on new roles that she previously had no experience in and master that. That was so important to us. That aside, most of you run cleaning businesses, which I do as well. So hiring is one of those things that is very, very challenging. Um, We, you know, I speak to so many people in this industry and so many of them say to me, finding good people is really where I get stuck. What I can tell you is my office staff, I have hired for attitude. In certain situations, I need to hire for skill as well. For example, do they have accounts payable, accounts receivable experience, QuickBooks experience? That's important. And do they have HR experience? Because I actually have a person who handles HR at my company. Those things are important, I need those skill sets, but the attitude is really what counts. Are they positive? Do they show up? Are they reliable? Can they perform the work that I need them to perform? Do they care? Caring runs businesses. If people care about what they are doing, they will care about you and making your company run. No one is ever going to care about your business as much as you do, But if you can find people who care, that's as close as you're going to get. So that would be my advice for you in terms of hiring well. Hire people who can care almost as much as you do about your business and their hearts will guide them. They will make sure that they're doing the right thing for you and for the business and for your clients and for your staff. The next point I want to bring up is delegation. This is a hard one. It's easy. We all know what the word means. It means we have a lot of work on our plate. We now have hired these great people. We're just going to give them the work that we need them to do. Way easier said than done. Because like me, you're probably a perfectionist and you think no one can ever do the work as well as I can. Well, that is where you get into what are called bottlenecks, where a bunch of work builds up and a bottlenecks because of you. This is where the entrepreneur gets in his or her own way because you are so caught up on doing something perfectly that you're not willing to give that task off to somebody else who might be able to do it almost as well, as well, or perhaps better than you if only you gave them the chance. So the best way to delegate is to do this. Write down everything that you do in a day. When I hired my assistant years ago before I had to replace her with a maternity leave assistant, I made a huge list of all of my pain points, all of the things I was struggling with. And of course, prior to hiring my assistant, when I was hiring for the positions in my cleaning service business, the office positions, I had to do the exact same thing. I write down a list of everything that I would do in a day, what I call my time sucks. So things that are sucking away my time, dealing with clients, hiring, handling paperwork, blah, blah, blah. Whatever it was, I would just write these things down on a list. The next thing to do is to systematize or to list out exactly how I do those things or what my process is. And then that way I can train someone. It's now repeatable. They will now know how I did it, what my expectations are, and then, of course, how they can do it. And I will say with delegation, it's important for two things. First of all, when you're giving somebody the new task, um, the task that you formally have done, have them check in with you a couple of times. So if they're now handling your email correspondence, have them just BCC you or send you the email that they're about to send, just so that you can give some feedback. And the second thing I'll say is, give them a little bit of creative control. They might actually have a spin that you might not have thought of, that they can put on this task that you have now given them. And they might actually do a way better job than you, if only they're given the chance. So hire people who you really trust and then delegate work. Take it off your plate so that you can be more productive doing the things that are most important to your business. Because again, if you think about the roles in your business, you, at the top of your business, You're the most expensive person. There are a lot of things that you do that you can delegate to somebody who is less costly than you to the business. You should be focusing on the most expensive, the most visionary, and the most productive things in your company. Everything else should be handled by other people.
0: This podcast is brought to you by ZenMade. If you need help with just about anything in your maid service, make sure to join the ZenMade Mastermind on Facebook. We have a community that has over 4,000 maid service owners just like you who are struggling with things daily, who are sharing their wins daily, and uh, asking for help. So if there's absolutely anything that we can help you with, just go to the ZenMade Mastermind on Facebook, request to join, just answer the three question survey, and you'll be in within a couple of hours, you can make some friends in your area, all that stuff.
1: Setting standards is the next point I want to cover. When we bring people on, when we're hiring and expanding our businesses, sometimes it can be so hard to convey to those people what it is that we want done. You in your head, you're this perfectionist, you have this way of doing things that's amazing. The problem is it's not repeatable. And if it's not repeatable, you're bottlenecked. If you're bottlenecked, you can't grow. Your business is only going to be as big as you. And believe me, you probably don't want that. You probably want a business that can supersede you, that can grow beyond you so that you can sit at home some days. You know, it's a beautiful day in the summer. If I want to sit by my pool and hang out, maybe I can. If only I had set standards and hired the right people and delegated. So setting standards basically means systematizing, documenting, and creating a workflow. And I mean, essentially, you're creating what your business wants to look like in a box. So if you could imagine your business in a little box or a digital packet, what would it look like? once you've created that you've created your standards your policies and procedures your templates all of that stuff once that's done you can bring anybody in to run your business for you i don't want to belabor this point any further i will tell you last winter in february i launched um, a course about how to build a cleaning business from the ground up i called it the decision maker It's available Uh, You can learn more about it at thedecisionmaker.com. I'm not going to talk much more about it, but I talk all about this in that course because I believe in it so strongly. And without systematizing and standardizing a business, I would have never been able to step away from it and do the other things that I've done. Following up and following through is another secret, another thing that I want to talk to you about. So many times we lose or things trail off. We lose productivity. We lose offers and opportunities or things just fall by the wayside because follow-up and follow-through have not happened. Let me explain to you what these two things mean. Follow-up. I once heard that you can claim the majority of your business simply by following up because so many other people just don't do it. They don't have time for it. Following up means if you've heard from a client or you heard from a potential prospect, you follow up with that person. You call them back. You schedule in an automated email, whatever it is. You find a way to touch base with somebody after you've had a conversation with them. Did you like what you hear? What what you heard? Did you have any further questions? Did you want to book something? Following up is about sealing the deal. Also, if you've had a client who had, a bad experience with you, following up after their next service and saying, hey, did we do everything to your liking this time? Uh, Or following up with them a few days later, hey, I know you're still feeling upset about things. Is there anything else we can do? Following up shows people that you care. It shows people that you have a heart. It shows people that if you were in that situation, you'd want to be treated a certain way and you're putting yourself in their shoes. You are treating them the way that you would like to be treated. That's following up. Following through means that you, you do what you say you're going to do. So the way I do this in software is if we say to a client, okay, we'll make sure that next time we focus on baseboards, we put a note in the software, next time make sure that you focus on baseboards. That's following through. And then the follow-up after that would be touching base with the client and saying, hey, we, we noted to, to take extra a special care of your baseboards this time. How did it look? That's following up and following through. So many business owners, it is so simple. They don't do it. The way it saves you time is because you don't have to backpedal and do a million things later. You're not losing business. It's just a simple thing that you can schedule into your software, remind yourself to do it, and it makes clients happy and it saves you time as well. The other thing I want to mention finally is to schedule things, whether it's scheduling a staff conference six months in advance, scheduling your holiday party, a summer barbecue, time to review your, uh, your policies annually, whatever it is, however macro or micro it is, what gets scheduled gets done. The way to run your business successfully, the way to remember to do everything, the way to stay current, the way to make sure that you're up to date on all legal changes, policies, procedures, any health and safety standards, renewing your insurance, anything that has to happen in your business, have your calendar that links up with your phone and your computer and anything else that you might have going, any other apps that you use and schedule everything. Your brain, as your business grows, will not have the capacity to remember to do all of this stuff. So if you can schedule everything in from the minute tasks that we talked about at the beginning with time blocking, to the major tasks like policy review, all of that stuff is pertinent to running your business. And if you can schedule it in, you will get it done. Anyway, those are some great time-saving and time-mastery techniques to help you grow your business. I hope that you found it helpful. Below, I have linked for you a special coupon code to my Maker's Clean microfiber cloths if you're interested. You can also find me on Instagram and YouTube at CleanMySpace. You can find me on Instagram as well at Melissa Maker. If you want to visit my cleaning business, my cleaning service company website, You can do that at cleanmyspace.ca and our website and blog is at cleanmyspace.com. Wishing you all a wonderful rest of this summit and a wonderful and successful summer. Take good care and I hope that you enjoyed this session. Bye. Thanks for listening to the
0: ZenMade podcast. And we hope you learned a thing or two that you can implement in your business today. If you're looking for the number one scheduling software for maid services, make sure to go to zenmade.com and check out our 14-day free trial. If you want to hear more of these talks, you can catch them all at maidsummit.com. Have a great day.